Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new edition of our EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden. That's David Cole. This is the Scusa Supernationals Debrief, essentially part number two. We'll talk about the senior and master's categories from the race that was held just over a week ago at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. David, last uh, night's show was a great one. Had a couple of great guests to join us, or one great guest in in Jeremy Fletcher. Um, But yeah, this this is it, right? We're going to wrap up the Supernats right now. It it was a heck of a race, a heck of a month. Essentially, Essentially, we're wrapping up a month because, again, with all the preview coverage we've done and and the event itself was a week long. And and now that we've kind of caught back up, we're going to wrap it up this last final show and then kind of move towards 2022 uh, with a lot of great events on tap, a lot of great programs, a lot of great series, a lot of great one off events, a lot of a lot of stuff happening the next year. All right, let's get started here, folks. This is, again, the uh, 88th episode of our debrief. It is Tuesday, December the 14th. Again, capping off what is essentially, as David said, almost a month full of coverage wrapped around. Those of you tuning in here, uh, feel free. This is an interactive show. If you're tuned in, uh, feel free to tell us where you are in the comments. Say hello. If you have any questions regarding the event itself uh, and the categories we go through, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to to, uh, use the comments if you're in Facebook or YouTube. Let's talk first about our presenting sponsor for this show. Big thank you to, of course, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Uh, if you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. Again, big shout out to Alan Rudolph and the whole crew there. David, let's get into this thing. Uh, The race was back December 1st to the 5th. Uh, The backstory, of course, is something I think we'll probably unpack a little later on, talking about the fact that it was supposed to be at the Rio. There was issues with Caesars Entertainment. The uh, Essentially, I think it was the rodeo finals. It was a big rodeo week down there that kind of pushed things out uh, from the Rio. Scusa having to essentially do some lawyer work and then scrambling to push everything from where it was going to be at the Rio, uh, reset all the vendors to get everything out to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I know we did this a bit last night, but just a really quick kind of brief layover, uh, a rollover. They did a really good job in my mind, putting together a fantastic race. The venue was great. Track was a bit tight overall, but the pavement they found was probably the best pavement we've raced on ever on a temporary circuit. All in all, uh, shout out to Scusa for doing a great job. Yeah, way better than what the Rio presents itself, because obviously the Rio is a busy, busy, busy parking lot. But and this is one that's really used for for rally cross or solo driving and, and other other events that doesn't really tear it up. So it's not used for parking semis or RVs like you see at the Rio over throughout that 12 month period, aside from the week that we are there for the Super Nationals. So. Uh, yeah, again, it was kind of like a plug, plug and play where they picked everything up yeah. from Rio and took it over to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And, and again, uh, A-plus job by everybody with Neil Strickland, uh, Stan Bernowski, Tom Kutcher, Alexis Kutcher, and everybody that's involved with Scusa staff. Again, getting all those contracts moved over from the Rio over to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I think that was the biggest headache. And again, I think everything kind of worked out, uh, you know, a, a couple little kinks. But, you know, again, you can never have everything perfect. And but I think in uh, in hindsight, it was a, a event for sure. 
Oh, well, here's the big thing, of course. The, the major effort, obviously, you can take the track and drop the track anywhere, right? It's completely redoing the pit area because that's, of course, yeah. this like Tetris game of who needs to be where. And they were able to put that together, which I thought was great. One yeah, of the things for me, Dave, oh, go. I was going to say, as long as you have the space, you can do whatever you want. Like that's, we saw in 2017. There. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of yeah. space there. They could have moved the track even down even more. They had a yeah. lot of real estate to use up and they didn't. So that's a positive. Uh, one of the things that when they moved the date, obviously we found out that we weren't going to be in, in November because the World Series of Poker got moved all the way to November at the Rio. So the kind of the only option was the first week of December. I was th thinking, man, uh, I'm packing my ski underwear. I'm packing the the, the snow toque. Like, it's going to be winter when we get there. <laughs> of course, everybody's looking at you know weather going in there. And it, it was like 72, 72. It literally, we had chamber of commerce weather for a full week it was 72 degrees and sunny 75 and sunny one of the days it couldn't have been any better in my mind for a, you know, an early december weekend in las vegas without a doubt you know clear skies every single day we saw the the fighter crafts going over us all the all the airplanes from the nellis air force base you know so we had a clear shot of them as they went over us and and again the weather was perfect we had one maybe one night where it was a little bit chilly uh, towards the end, I think that was qualifying night. Uh, other aside from that, you know, it was, it was perfect weather. Nothing you could add. No clouds, and that's key because we've seen rain before at the Super Nationals, and we did and not wind. want that to happen. And wind, and, yes, and no wind. wind. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that last night, and the wind. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the numbers uh, in the senior categories. Uh, 486 in total uh, from David's calculations on drivers who took qualifying times. Uh, the Master Shifter class, again, the shifter cart racing kind of resetting a little bit here with the opening of KZ allowing to come in to run with the IME uh, 175 SSE. And it really has kind of taken a stabilization a little bit, more leaning towards the KZ, which I guess is fine. Master Shifter down a bit from 2019, 19 in total in the category, but that's still great. The Masters class in Supercarts USA, David's been interesting to me because it was the Scusa Pro Tour was really the place for Masters drivers. In fact, Scusa was one of the only organizations that even gave Masters an opportunity to race at the national level. That's, of course, expanded more recently with USPKS and with the Rock Cup program. Scusa's series kind of dropping down a little bit. We had 64 back in 2019. I say only, but only 38 this particular year. Still a great field, almost a full field of 44, but that's kind of where Scoos has gone, right? Even on the pro tour, those masters numbers, which were once big, have kind of dwindled down a little bit. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this about X30 Junior. We had a lot of international drivers not there this year. So I think that's part yep. of it as well. And we see a lot of international drivers in the X30 master division for sure. So I think you could bump that number probably up near 50 uh, with international drivers. And, and again, there's still some guys from the U.S. and Canada that, that didn't take part. They, you know, they had their programs that they stuck to it throughout the season again because they, they weren't sure exactly. Again, nobody knew for sure if the Supernats was going to happen. That's it. I mean, everybody, yep. there were still people that, I mean, we were, we were on board no matter what. We were ready to go. We're and, locked and loaded. Scusa was too. It's just a matter of you didn't know with the pandemic situation and, and how things were going to work out. But, uh, you know, I think that number is, and I think we'll see some more master shifters move up now with the allowance of KZ. I think you got, yeah, got a lot of guys in the international field that want to come and be part of it. It's, uh, we saw that category when it was G1 have two flights you know, uh, of, yep. of practice and qualifying, you know, where the numbers were close to what that 60 number range uh, that we saw in X30 Masters in 2019. Well, and where Ma Master Shifter and X30 Masters was down, 
K100. Uh, 50 drivers the first year, 93 drivers entered into the race this year, David. It made it almost impossible for us to do our, our, our work trying to trying to pick the uh, predict the, the race winners, but uh, uh, the top five. But uh, yeah, 93 in, in K100 senior, 87 in X30 senior as well, I think, which was big. Um, essentially, two full grids uh, yeah. for X30 uh, senior, and then 50 drivers in Pro Shifter. David, there's the, the answer to your question right there. 39 two years ago as a combined Pro 1, Pro 2, right. 50 all, all total in that in that Pro Shifter class. And that wasn't, you know, again, that that uh, wasn't counting the KZ drivers that we had. So that was Pro 1, Pro 2, plus we yeah. had our KZ. So you, you add all that up back together. That's what, and so it's good numbers there. Um, and again, K100 senior to go back to that. This is the first year that it opened up to that 88 mark or, you know, the 88 mark, the 88 that, mark. that we like to call. Well, you got to go 88 in, because if you go to 98, you know, they always expect 10%, 10%, they always expect 10% uh, cancellations. I, I think this is a category we could go to 120, you know, Let's I, do it. it's just a matter of time. You know, I mean, That's the SCUSA staff, they're, they're on track for 12 hours a day. So you, yeah. If you add one one session for one, you got to remove it for another. Um, you know that's that's something we saw with X thirty junior. We saw that removed only go down to one session. So um, you know we'll see what we'll see what happens on on how uh, you know things progress for twenty twenty two super nationals. Indeed, indeed. So again, great numbers four hundred eighty six in total. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. History. Success. Family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Acceleration Cart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Cart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Cart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. 
All right, David, let's jump into the race report now. We did our paddock pass last night, kind of touched on things. We don't need to do that again here. So let's jump into the race report. And today's race report throughout the categories, all five, presented by Trinity uh, Carding Group. The Trinity Carding Group is your first step uh, on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Carding Group flattens out the steep learning curve with the professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete on the local, regional, and national levels, including the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and United States Pro Card Series. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Cart Republic chassis and IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. That's 513-421-4463. All right, David, let's jump into uh, the master shifter category. Those of you who may be new to our debriefs, uh, I'll throw out the, the headline for the category. David will fill in a lot of information at that point. We'll give you the hard charger as well. Lots to talk about here in the master shifter class because one of the cool things was Kind of an arrival of one of the guys that we've expected to see. Here's the headline. Young Gun whims it, scores career, <laughs> second career Super Nationals win. The yeah, young gun. It's, it's not it's it's a familiar name. That's someone that uh, we saw 2014, I believe it was. Yes, correct. That was 12. Oh, man, I gotta pull up my thing. Uh 2014, uh scoring the uh the super nationals victory in the S1 category. And uh, when, remember that had the the extra ten thousand dollars for uh, yeah. a pro tour competitor winning at the super national. So he actually walked away with uh, twenty thousand dollars that year. It was oh sorry, two thousand thirteen. That was the uh, same year as we, the Rotax Grand Finals at uh, Nola. Yeah. So yep. sorry. Yeah. So twenty thirteen. So that was a while ago. It was you know eight years ago. Bought himself a brand new hunting jacket with that money. <laughs> <laughs> so insulated, of course. So again, and again, with the, with the way the age rule works, if you turn 30 in that year, you get to move up to masters. Well, he actually just celebrated his 30th birthday this past weekend. So it wasn't even 30 by the, when, when they, when they ran at the super nationals, but uh, yeah. yeah. So technically he is a young gun because he's now the, the youngest driver in the masters category as of right now, until we get into the 2022 season. So we'll see some young guns maybe move up again next year, but to begin with the race, uh, report in the class itself. It was actually Jordan Musser who has been striving to get that first super nationals victory who came out and yep. scored the pole position. I believe it was his first career uh, pole position at the super yep. nationals. So first time he was quickest qualifier there went out and won the opening heat race, had Ryan Kinnear behind him along with uh, Joe Rook as we had uh Wimsett uh, retire in, uh, in that main event. What was the problem again? I'm trying to remember. He ripped the shifter off. He broke the, the shifter, shifter off. Right? That's right. He was using the Josh Lane titanium uh, shifter, you know, and trying to save oh, weight. Doing, even though he was doing, he was doing the master shifter. <laughs> you know, it's it's that it's all that hunting muscle, right? It's that literally muscle. broke the shifter right off, though. <laughs> and it happens. We've seen that. Normally, we see it down below, but it was just yeah. one of those freak breaks that uh, that uh, can happen. And so he was among those in contention. So he retired. So he scored a fifteen pointer on that race. Came back and actually won the next two heat races, starting from the outside of the front row. So uh, put Musser to second in both of those races, and then Ryan Kinnear in third. Yeah. So that slotted Wimpset in the fifth position for the main event with Musser on the pole position and Ryan Kinnear on the outside of the front row. 
Uh, and so that was it, right? We were wondering, we were wondering what, how, how long it was going to take Ryan to get himself to the front. Uh, it ended Joey. up being a pretty, I mean, probably Joey. It ended up being a pretty good race uh, for Jordan Musser and Ryan Kinnear up front. And they, they were kind of going back at it. You know, Jordan set the pace for a majority of the race, if I'm not mistaken. Did he? It was, did he it was really a four car fight, really, to yeah. be honest. Uh, you had, you had Musser getting the whole shot leading the way ahead of Kinnear. And then by, I think, lap two or three, Wimsett had gotten into third just ahead of John Crow, who said he sucked terribly in the nighttime races. <laughs> so that, uh, yeah. he was happy that they were racing under the sun and the hot track was hot and greasy and ready to go. And he was able to keep pace again, a super master driver, able to keep pace with the 29 year old and the other younger master drivers. So, uh, and he was, and, and, and John did say that he was kind of biding his time there. P4, just kind of seeing what yeah. was going to happen. Right. Yeah. One yep. guy that wasn't was Wimset. He looked, he was really hungry. And that's one thing I want to ask him because he looked like he was more of the aggressive one out of the four drivers there. He actually climbed up and turned four on top of, of Kinnear at one point. Uh, and it looked like they were going to get hooked. Unfortunately, fortunately for both of them, they were able to separate and continue on with no damage. But that gave Muster a little bit of an advantage, but they were able to reel it back in. And then uh, Kinnear tried, went after, after Musser. Um, I want to say within about uh, five laps to go. Now, you know, just so you know, folks, Joey Wimsett is in studio tonight. We'll talk to him uh, when we're all done with, with the wrap up here. I believe Kinnear was able to get to the lead at one point, as you said, in the, in the late going, because that's kind of what set things up. Kinnear went to the lead and it was a, another overtaking move for maneuver by uh, Jordan Musser coming out of the chicane and trying to get to the inside of yeah. turn number 10, which is the left hand that leads onto the straight, the back straightaway. He made a pretty aggressive move. They kind of had some contact and Wimsett was, you know, got a good run out, outside and just did the over under and boom, he was gone. I actually think right. he went between both of them. I think he went, he might've went, went between wide. Right. I think Musser went wide and Kinnear went shallow and, and, and Joey just kind of went in between and split the split. It made it a Wimsett sandwich there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then basically from there was able to, uh, to put down some, some solid laps because again, Kinnear and Musser were kind of going at each other once again, didn't really want to work together. Something we've seen <laughs> in previous years as well too, True but, that. uh, uh, and again, you know, it wasn't the quickest cart on the racetrack, but uh, Wimsett able to get away to a 1.4 second victory at the checkered flag. And Joey did say that. I think we talked to him afterwards. He did say that he that he wasn't sure he wasn't the fastest guy there. He was going to have to really work for it because they had stepped up a little bit and he was right there. P3. We know Crow was strong. Uh, he was able to get through and get that win, though. A big win for Joey. Uh, second on the racetrack, though, uh, David Jordan Musser ends up P2. But after things were said and done, brought him back around. I actually, I think I was, I was wrong in announcing it because they had, they had, they hadn't sent me the results yet on my on my phone, and nobody said anything. So I just figured it was status quo. Jordan got a pushback bumper, dropped him down to the fourth spot. Right. Yeah, that moved Kinnear, who had fast lap of the race, into the second spot, moving John Crow into third, adding another podium to his uh, stellar CV uh, at the Super Nationals. That dropped Musser down to fifth, and then Bermuda driver Scott Skitchy Barnes. Uh, able to uh, score the fifth position to uh, land on the podium, I believe, for the first time ever at the Super Nationals. Yeah, Skitchy just missed it back in 2019, was closing mm -hmm. in the final laps and just wasn't able to get it done. Again, this time he had a really good battle with Joe Rook, and they're under the same tent, right? They're both with uh, Harden Motorsports Group. Uh, Skitchy was on the TB cart. Joe, of course, with Race Liberante and the Race Factory Machine. They battled. They had a really, really good battle. Finally, Skitchy able to get by and, and, and get that position. And Rook actually came in underweight, so they miscalculated uh, oh, no, the fuel consumption and actually was uh, came in underweight, so he was relegated back to the 14th. 
Uh, hard charger of the race ended up being Ben Shermerhorn. He was up nine positions to the eighth spot. So uh, a good run for him. Again, he's he runs that limited schedule, not a lot of races. So sure. I'm sure the 24 lapper was a bit of a bit of a struggle for him, <laughs> especially on a tighter course with a yeah. shifter cart. You know, you know, hard stuff and tight. That's how you're. It, that's how. Not, that's how Masters rips off. The well, maybe, maybe that's why Joey broke it. He was just not used to that. You know, that Falling shifter lever. You know. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> Speaking of Joey Wims, I think he's hanging around. Let's bring Joey into the studio right now. He is uh, now a two-time Super Nationals uh, race winner. Joey, thank you so much, Joey Wims. Thank you so much for joining us here on the debrief. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So you're a little over a week out from it. Uh, let's just, as you look back overall. Uh, I can't say that you would have been surprised by the speed. You know, you have what it takes to be there, get there, but uh, some pretty, some pretty good drivers in the master shifter class. Yeah, it was kind of difficult going into it. I haven't done much racing since 2019 Supernats. I did a club race this year and then uh, the rock race at Pat's Acres. So it's kind of new. I'd be competitive because obviously I know my speed's good, but you just really don't know till you get there and kind of see how everyone else is doing and then how the cards will kind of fall so what made you come was there a challenge was that did someone like dare you or what was the reason what was the reason no i just wanted to do it i'm getting more responsibility at work and just me and dad kind of sat down and and i knew to run pro i'd, I'd obviously wanted to go run pro and do it but my preparation's not there being in the go-kart to go run with those guys it, it yeah. definitely is an undertaking and I wasn't prepared to go do that. So I told dad, you know, let's go have fun. Let's go run masters and see if we can enjoy this, you know, a little bit more laid back, a little bit less stress and threw together a program. I borrowed both my motors and had rainy just do them at the track on Tuesday and <laughs> see how it kind of goes. You know, I, I did a, a half a day with both those motors, just make sure they ran beforehand. And that was it. Yeah, under the tent with Don Gilbo and the DRT crew on the DR chassis. Uh, overall, did, did you feel like you rolled off pretty good? The basic setup was, was there? Because obviously we know you had the speed getting the pole position and qualifying. Yeah, almost, I honestly... Almost. Uh, oh, yeah. almost, that's right. Pardon almost. me, almost. <laughs> it, it, the biggest Jordan struggle Russell. I had was like I was getting tires from Don under the tent and I put those on and the cart felt amazing. And then every time I went to the race tires, I felt really bad you know no front grip no nothing but only thing i kind of hoped was everyone else was on the same batch of tires and we're all going through the same same things you know and i heard Kinnear was kind of having similar issues in practice with tires and this and that so honestly i did no chassis changes i did one click of caster on wednesday and other than that i didn't touch it for the rest of the week let me ask you this because one of the things as i i just stepped over myself but uh you end up qualifying p2 but i believe you whole shot at all three races to get to get into the lead in turn one is that uh is it something that's your specialty i don't i don't recall in, in your early days that that was one of the things you always did but you man you got the line really well all three races yeah it was good and the kzs are honestly really easy to start so okay. it, it's uh compared to Honda or even, you know, rocks similar, but the KZs, you basically floor it and dump it. And everyone in the master's class kind of told me Muster's weakness was starting. So you kind of knew that was kind of where you had yeah. to get it and go. And that's, that's kind of what I tried to do. So uh, dominating speed in the heat races, you broke the shifter to go back to 15th in the, in the first one. You win the, the next two, essentially going away to a certain extent. You find yourself P3, start fifth, you, start, you, you found yourself third. As that race was uh, was developing, were you biding your time? Were, were did they find some extra speed? Were you kind of blocked up behind them a little bit, or or was there was it a genuine struggle? It, 
honestly, we Rainey was trying to get me to try a different gear ratio, and I know Kinnear did it for the final and warm up, and they it definitely seemed like they were on a different ratio than me. So where I was quick, they were slow, and where I was slow, they were very fast. And mm-hmm. it seemed where everywhere they were fast was in all the passing zones. So <laughs> I kind of struggled a bit to to honestly. I could catch him, but once I got to him, I really couldn't make those passes. Obviously, I jumped Kinnear trying to make those passes, you know, because they would kind of gap me at the end of all those straightaways, and then i try to make it up in breaking zones, and it just was definitely tough on that track to pass. So let's talk about the opportunity when it arose. You had to be in the right place, right? If you, if you weren't there, you, you probably would have been done. What were your thoughts when, uh, when Jordan tried to make the pass and when all of a sudden the, the, the seas parted and you found yourself going down the back straightaway by yourself? Yeah, I, I, when I jumped Kinnear, it actually gave Musser a bit of a gap, and I was trying to, you know, catch Kinnear to pass him again. I saw we were catching Musser, and I'm like, okay, these two are probably going to go at each other. I've kind of seen all year they've seemed to do that. So I was kind of <laughs> just biting my time and waiting to see kind of what unfolded, and then Kinnear passed Musser, and I was like, oh, Musser's probably going to try to go back. So I kind of just waited patiently for a lap, and then it all kind of unfolded in front of me, and they all went. Muster tried to go narrow and pass, and Kinnear tried to keep under on the exit in the last corner, and it kind of opened up and gave me the opportunity. Uh, so what does this mean? Uh, you end up getting the victory, which is awesome. You got the one in 2013, as David had said. So what's that? Eight years later, you you end up getting a master's shifter win. Are we gonna? It, it, did it did it wet your appetite to potentially do some pro tour racing next year? To me, with work right now, it's really tough. Um, and, you know, even preparation to go run pro and do this, it, it's all kind of in the schedule. If I can go race, I will. And if I can, I can't. Um, you know, I'd love to go get in better shape and go be in a go-kart every week and go run pro next year's Super Nats. But if it's not in the cards, it's not. Um, so right now, I'm just kind of playing it day by day. You know, I have a go-kart up here at home. And when I go drive, I'll go drive. And if I can go race, I'll go race. The trials and tribulations of the working man. <laughs> yeah, getting old <laughs> sucks. It's a true, it's a true master story though, right? You know, it, 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 that is <laughs> exactly, you know, it, it, you know, my, my boss is real, real mean guy, my dad, you know, so there's yeah. no taking off work. Oh dad, I can't go do this for a week. Supernats was about it. And we had to drive almost straight through home to get back to work Tuesday. So, so. when does the transition happen that he retires, you become the boss and you can race whenever you want. Yeah, I, I'll probably not be able to race at all when I become boss. But <laughs> that's the real, the real side of it, right? Yeah, if I'm boss, no one else will work. So that's, that's <laughs> you. If, I'm, if I'm gone, nothing will get done. <laughs> overall, dude. Uh, overall, just a, a great performance for you. It was great to have you out there, and I, I have to think that uh, you know you've won it before. Compare the compare the differences yeah. of the big win back in '13 and this win here. It, it's different. You know, back then you're, you're expected to win. You know, I had a great weekend at the grand finals the weekend before, and you know, you're on this high and you're expected to do well. You're, you know, you're getting go-karts, you know, for free, your factory, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's very different. Yeah. This yeah. was a, a, a very different realization where you're coming to it with just you and your old man and borrowed motors and throwing together a program. And it, it, it was Definitely in 13, it was bigger because you have the national championship. But this one was kind of more sweet because of the fact, you know, you, you drive down there with dad. Your dad's your mechanic. You, you know, you spend yeah. the week together and, and, and you kind of get to enjoy it a little bit more. What What's it like? Because you were there working with Danilo Rossi. You've worked with Foray. You worked with other CRG drivers back when you were racing the CRG. What's it like to work with with these world champions and, and, the, and really the factory guys uh, that are involved in building these chassis? it's it's very different honestly because it, it's amazing in america because all these kids want to buy these super tuners and think that this is the trick and everything's this 
the secret, you know, I'm going to go hire this mechanic or do this, be on this team because they have all the secrets. Honestly, all of it's hard work. These guys, like with Daniel, he's keep the go-kart stock. You look at your driving every time on the data and, and it, it's, there's no secret formula with them. You know, all of it, it's, they put in the homework at home. So when they come to these races, they're prepared and 90% of it's on you. And that's all I can say with Danilo. He's so smart at being able to, to watch you and say, Hey, it's not the go-kart. It's you, you suck, you know, or, <laughs> or, Hey, you're doing good. We might need to make this change. Or okay. that's, that's the biggest thing I could say is the difference between those guys and most people here is they always think that there's a secret. And, and it, honestly, at the end of the day, if you drive it well, the material's good, you're going to have results. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we, we've seen this before when a father's son got into a pickup truck and drove into a racetrack, and that was A.J. Myers and his dad coming in to win at the, uh, at the Summer Nats in, in, uh, in Newcastle. Love the story of you and your dad rolling down, coming in, winning the Super Nats, packing up, heading back to, to Oregon. Congratulations, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Joey Wimsett, thank you so much for joining us. We'll let you roll. We appreciate it. I know you're at the hotel room. Thank you so much. Uh, David, what a story, right? Uh, again, great master shifter story. Joey Wimsett, super impressive. Go Rolling down with his dad, dad on the wrenches. Of course, you got Danilo Rossi there with uh, DRT Racing and the whole thing. But I like what he said right there. And this is it's really a lesson for every race, race cart driver, car driver. I don't care, especially every young racer. It's all about the hard work. You got to put in the hard work, right? There it is right there. Yeah. There's a guy who knows about hard work. He's worked with yeah. a number of different drivers, number of different teams. And, and again, like Joey said, the material is the material. They've done their homework at the factory. They've done all the testing. They know what works and what doesn't. Yeah, there might be a little bit of different changes here and there, that depending on conditions and the tire brand that you're using. But you know, aside from that, you know, hard work is, is going to pay off ahead of any other kind of voodoo magic that you're going to have. That's exactly it. It's a voodoo magic. That's cool. Uh, again, congratulations to Joey Wimsett. And again, all, all told, as we said, uh, Ryan Kinnear ends up second, John Crow third, Jordan Musser in fourth with that pushback, and Scotty Barnes from Bermuda on the podium. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. 
Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8-degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability, depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. All right, let's continue with the race report brought to you by Trinity Karting Group. We'll jump into the X30 Masters class, and here is the headline. Fourth to first in photo finish for Derek Wang's first Super Nationals Triumph. What a, what a huge uh, event. That lo- those last two laps were crazy. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna, like go to bat for myself in me <laughs> screwing up the last the second last lap talk. I just rewatched it, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but, <laughs> but, David, one of the things that happened, that the minute we knew that we, the, the, the thing came out, the entry list, uh, and we saw that one name, we knew that this guy was going to be good out of the gate, and he was. He qualified on pole. Renato Jadrnavid. Uh, RJD, uh, bottom line is wherever he goes, you know, he's going to be in the fight for a master. He's one of the best master's drivers in the world. In the world. I mean, he's in won Rock world. Cup Super Final. He's he's won, you know, multiple times at USPS, won multiple times at Super Pro, excuse me, Pro Tour. He's won at the Super Nationals. So this is this is just the guy you always have to put on a map. And and he he was the class of the field the entire week. You know, he, he set fast time in qualifying. Went out and led pretty much. I think it was every single lap in all three heat races. Yeah, never relinquished. Was, yeah. Never relinquished that top spot. He had Derek Wang behind him uh, during the opening two heat heat races after qualifying third. Martin Pierce started on the second or outside of the front row. Didn't quite get the good starts. I think that was one of no. Renato's advantages. Was was on the pole position and then punching it whenever he wanted to. And he, I think he just kept keep catching. Uh, Martin Pierce off guard and that would kind of drop Pierce back a little bit he did catch up uh, to it on the third heat race to finish second that moved Wang down to third but again Renato Yadar David in the first spot on the pole position Derek Wang second Martin Pierce in third and then Matt Johnson sitting there in fourth who you know I t- we talked to him on on uh, on Saturday night or at least I did before, while he was going back up to his hotel room he's like I just you know the starts are what was killing him you know, Martin wouldn't, wouldn't punch off, wouldn't punch off. And so he was stuck there behind him. He'd, he'd lose a number of positions with the inside lane going through. Uh, but again, you know, very similar starting spots, except this time he was behind Wang with Pierce on the inside of him. So kind of mixed up things a little bit. And essentially it was these four drivers that we saw uh, up front all all race long in the main. Event. Yeah. Yeah. Front two rows, uh, Jardin David and Wang on the front row, Pierce and Johnson row number two, Bonner Moulton in his 24th Super National start. In the P5 position, we'll give a little shout out. What do we say? What he did? Are you oh, you don't know. I don't, you don't think know. I do. No, I don't have. He's he spun out on the pace lap. It was him that spun out. 
It was him oh, that spun out. Wow. That's I can't fantastic. confirm I can't confirm or deny, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Wow. Because he was at he was at the back of the field uh when they got the green flag. So I'm pretty sure it was him that spun oh. out. Well, that sucks. Well, all right. It does. There you go. It's considering we picked him in our predictions to be in the top five. That's that's right. That's right. So, uh, Jardin Davey gets the whole shot. Um, uh, Matt Johnson, really the guy on the move from the get-go, was able to get a good start, settled in there, and literally by lap four, um, he had taken the lead already by lap four, and I think I had about over a second lead at the halfway point over, uh, I think, over Martin Pierce. So, a really good start for Matt. And honestly, it looked to me like, it's going to be Matt Johnson's day. He was that good out of the gate. It did. I mean, I think it was probably maybe 1.5 at 1.3 second advantage yeah. that he had. And it's like, I mean, you know, I'm out there taking photos. You're kind of watching it, watching it. You're like, I don't think anything's going to happen. But then suddenly, you know, um, Pierce and, and Renato Jotter David and even Wang started closing in, inching and inching. And then once, yep. once you get within like two or three tenths, that's when you close up really hard. And then that's when... That's when the fun began. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, I will say that uh, it was obviously this battle with, with the four guys up front. Uh, Casey Cook had P5 at, at the halfway point, but then got kind of reeled in by Danilo Romalho. Romalho able to get by to get the spot. He ends up in the uh, in the fourth spot overall, but Romalho was able to get catch catch back up. Um, you're right, though, David. I'm just looking at my notes. I just literally just watched this. Uh, top three, super tight with five to go. Um, and then things kind of started to spool up. We were wondering how, what was going to happen, right? Final lap. And the whole tightness of the chicane, that 9A, 9B, was was pretty wild. What I've got – so essentially what happens is last lap, the, the, the second last lap, which I called as a last lap, could have <laughs> been a last lap of any other race. Could have been. I'll, I'll set myself up here. What I just rewatched it. Yeah. This is what happened. On the up top, they have twenty three of twenty four. In my mind, that, that means twenty. And what I what we do in the road, Indy, is twenty three are done. There's one more lap still to go. They're saying they're counting lap twenty three. I thought it was the last lap. It was the penultimate lap. I screwed that up myself. Uh, well, we got two laps. But the crazy, the thing about it was that made me obviously not even judge myself. Is that last lap? They were just as hectic as it would have been the last lap. They weren't lining up. The they second went, to last, yeah. The second to last lap. They were battling because Pierce started to defend. He, um, he went after it. Was, it. Yeah, he got he got the move. That's he made right. the move That's on right. Johnson and got the position. And and again, like you said, began the defensive line already. You know, again, shuffling up behind him, That's and then it. and then came across the line leading. But then you can only run the defensive line so many times before the over under is going to catch you. And that's when when things kind of matriculated with um, with with Johnson getting in there. Well, and, remember and John, they came into the chicane. Jotter yes. Davey went inside. Renato, Pierce, that's what I meant. Yes. And then and then Johnson tried to do the uh, did the over under, and they were three wide coming out of turn number nine. Yes, unbelievable. I, obviously, on the inside, Jotter has the least drive, so he's held back a bit. Johnson and uh, and Pierce are rolling. And out of nowhere, usually, of course, he's able to go full through through, through 9A and 9B, gets yes. the best the best run out was Derek Wang. He texted to the inside. Um, and for those for those of you who wonder, kind of we struggled figuring out who it was coming. Uh, we had a couple of 20-inch monitors, and this where the sun was, we literally I had no idea we could hardly see. David, you're beside us. We could hard, we're like trying to look as close as we could to the screens. It was almost impossible for us to figure who who each guy was. But they ended up coming down the straight down the back straightaway, and literally Wang had it the minute he got to the yeah. inside of 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 Jodder because Jodder was in the was no was 
was it, Renato was in the middle. It, it was, he was in it the was, middle, and Johnson was on the outside. That's yeah. right. And, and, and then Wang went to the inside of both of them. So Renato's kind of sitting there in the middle, like, what do I do? What do I He's do? kind of like the meat in the sandwich of, yeah. I can't really go anywhere because as they went to the final corner, Johnson just kept the outside line. Again, didn't, didn't pinch Renato down too hard, but still kept the outside line going while Wang had the inside line. But then Martin Pierce almost made it four wide at the line because he <laughs> did the over under to try to, and, uh, and try to get, by all three of them at the line. So it was a great photo finish. Uh, go ahead at the line. I just got here. The little bit that I have had Wang not been able to clear Jotter. Cause you guys, mm-hmm. once he got by, he kind of moved a little bit to the right to be able to get a better run. Had he been pitched down at the bottom. I think it's still Matt Johnson's. Cause I think Matt would have had the big run around the outside. It was only 78 thousandths of a second. But the fact that Wang had just got by enough that he was able to kind of come around to get a better arc coming into the, into the corner and through yeah. That's what I think was able to give him the win. It was all about that momentum again, that the carry yeah. through 9A and 9B to get him down the straightaway. And again, just it's kind of like what we saw with Harvick. Harvick had just enough down, yes, you know, down the straightaway to to inch by Tovo to be able to get to the line first. And then Tovo was unable to, to pull the over under. And and again, anybody but I don't think if it was anybody but Johnson, they would have been in the wall, I think, as they crossed the line because Johnson basically was dirt tracking it out there in the marbles, holding on, trying to get to that start finish line as quick as he could. And and again, it was only what 78, no. Uh, yeah. 78,000 78. yeah. separating the two yeah. at the line. And then um, uh, was Pierce third. Did he, I think Pierce ended up crossing the line in the third position. So he was able to get by Renato there at the finish line to get across in the third position. Uh, but a uh, a jump start penalty actually dropped penalty. Uh, Renato from fourth to fifth. So that might have you know been one of the one of the things they were watching with with these X thirty master starts. And unfortunately, well, he had he, three he had three really good starts. Maybe they were did. like, listen, maybe too good. And again, right? it was it it wasn't much that you know he was behind. It was seventy nine thousand or sixty nine thousand separating Pierce and Renato. So it was. It was even close between those two. So you had um, four drivers crossing the line within two tenths of a second. Yeah, and Danilo Romalho was about a second and a half back, having got yeah, by so Stacey Cook and was kind of by himself on the racetrack, yeah. as I said. With the p- penalty, it put Jotter behind him. With what, what was it? Was it probably a three second penalty, David? Yeah, it's three second penalty. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So then it moved. Yeah. So Romalho goes to second, and and uh, Jotter back the into fourth. the uh, yep. the, the, the fifth position. All in all, what about a hard charger, David, in that class? Yeah, hard charger, uh, Pistol Pete Vetter uh, started in the 34th position, ended up moving up 14 positions to the 20th spot. So uh, yeah, he his had first a, Super he, Nationals. He had a crap week. Uh, got ran over a couple times, yeah. So again, you know, he, yeah. he was initiated into the Super Nationals, you know, got, got the initial crash damage out of the way. And then again, was able to come back and, and drive himself into a top 20 finish. I want to say he was actually following, you know, Bonner Moulton was able to get ahead of him at one point. So he was able oh, okay. to do a little, a little bit of schooling, you know, learn what, uh, you know, the quick way around the racetrack. So yep. uh, a good, a good run for him. And again, first super nationals, that's all, all you can ask for is to get the checkered flag on super Sunday. So let's just wrap this up this section with a little bit of, of props to Derek Wang. 
Uh, you know, we talk a lot about Jordan Musser and all the championships that he's won, all the big races he's won, four-time Rotex uh, Max Challenge champion in the, here in the U.S., uh, representing, you know, the, the represent himself uh, and, and Rotex around the world. Listen, Derek Wang, uh, the body work he's put together over the last dozen years or more, David, just a- unbelievable pro tour champion, Rotex, Rock, uh, Rock Super Final, Rotex. You know, the amount of races this guy's been to to represent the United States and, and, and races he's won, to be able to get this one here, right? It's just to have that supernat. Same thing we'll talk about with Ryan Norba, but to have that supernats, that little check mark on the side, that's uh that really rounds a career up pretty nicely. It does. It's something again, like we talked about, Jordan Muster doesn't have a number of other drivers don't have that that victory in in their on their on the trophy case. And yeah. you know, this is his tenth time right now representing. He's actually in Bahrain right now. This is the tenth time he's representing uh team USA over there at the Rotax Grand Finals. So uh, we're really hoping to see him pull it off in uh, in DD2 Master. That'll be a crazy couple of weeks for him. Wouldn't that be? That. Yeah, yeah. That and listen, be. and we'll give a shout-out, longtime tuner Stepanova Nikhil as well. Kind of a – it's yeah. a twofer, right? Derek gets the win, it but is. to have Stepanova on the wrenches again, as he has been for many, many years. And let's let's be real. Let's, get, let's not slide by this. <laughs> but on the podium, I'm having this, you know, emotional interview with Derek. Emotional. And he's not emotional. He's not emotional. No, yeah, he's not. There wasn't much emotion. But he was there. about no, one thing. There was a little bit, but yes, he was about absolutely ripping into David Cole. I believe the quote was the fifth best assistant editor or something like that yeah. at ecardinews.com. <clears throat> David Cole, of course, did not pick Derek Wang in his top five. And apparently, Derek taking that too, a little personally, David. Well, it's good. That's what we wanted. We said that from the get-go when we did the outlaps. We were like, take it personal. Maybe it'll help motivate you to that victory and well, so yeah. i want to motivate i would like to say you're welcome derek <laughs> there you go that's i'm sure i'm sure there's a christmas card on the way i'm sure of it I'm he sure should it. send me one that'd be great he probably should he probably should <laughs> derek wang folks big winner uh in x30 masters at this year's super nationals we pause this show for a quick commercial break stay tuned for more here on the ekn radio network Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand, the company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since two thousand three, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business Stockholm Karting Center in October of two thousand nineteen. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past twenty five years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper Push the button and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-8020. 777-8020. Get a cart lift 
and leave your crew at home. We don't just drive trucks because they're dependable workhorses that let us tackle icy roads all winter and tow a boat on the summer weekends. We also drive trucks because they're fun. And the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is a truck tire made with fun in mind. Like any Cooper tire, the Rugged Trek is designed to do everything you need it to do. It's got stone blockades to protect your tires off-road and whisper grooves for smooth, quiet street driving. But with its in-your-face design, like the dual sidewalls that let you choose between two aggressive looks, the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is also a tire that shows off your truck's wild side. It's the tire that's off-road party on the outside and dependable all-purpose Cooper design on the inside. Learn more at coopertire.com. Go with the Coopers. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. All right, continuing with the race report, uh, brought to you by Trinity Karting Group. We'll move into KA100 Senior. Again, 93 drivers in total uh, entering this event. And here is the title, Redemption for Lemke after 110 weeks. Unreal. I mean, again, this, you know, we saw it in 2019 with this category, even, even the first one in 2018, it was, it was down to the wire last lap, uh, action, this and that we thought Dakota Pesek was going to win it. He ended up going in the wall with, with two corners to go. And then Steven Barrows came through last yeah. year. Lemke on the pole position gets wrecked on the opening lap, fights his way all the way through, gets to the, to the lead on the final lap but loses the the victory due to a pushback bumper penalty, handing the win over to Paulie Massimino. So yep. a lot of a lot of different uh, drama unfolded in the opening two uh, events of this category. This event was, <laughs> I think it tops it all pretty much. The way, just the way that last lap unfolded. But Before but we get-, get into the chaos of that last lap, let's just, let me put one name out, David, and then you can talk about qualifying in the heat races. All weekend, other than Sunday, it was nothing but Cole Morgan. Unbelievable. What a, what a great performance throughout the weekend for Cole. Yeah, set fast time in qualifying and uh, and showed the way in his three heat races. Again, this category doing the heat flight format. Yep. Uh, so he was able to to best in those three heat races. The other heat winners went to Thomas Anunziata, uh, Carson Morgan, who ended up qualifying in second spot, and then uh, Brandon Lemke pulling off a, a, a heat win of his own. So four different drivers with heat wins in the six different heat races that we did have. So we still had a number of different names who hadn't won a heat that could look to be in contention, look to be able to, uh, to contend for the victory. Uh, but uh, ended up being with Morgan on the front row with Thomas Nunziata on the outside, Carson Morgan and Lemke filling out row two, and then Trey Brown and Blake Nash filling up row three. So again, six different drivers who all had an opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to contend for the victory. Uh, it began, though, with two drivers breaking away as Cole Morgan and Thomas Anunziata were able yeah. to get away. Essentially, it looked like it was going to be these two drivers that were going to decide the victory. But then we had a red flag on lap 15 due to some contact coming out of turn one, heading into turn two. So that kind of shut things down and regrouped everybody and brought everybody back together. Press the reset button. Yeah. Nine lap dash for the Super Nationals uh, race win, right? That's essentially so, what it ended up being. So when that red flag hit, 
it was, okay, who's going to be in contention? And all of a sudden we saw Connor Zillage near the top 10. And what happened to Connor at the beginning of, of the main event, he was backwards in turn one on the opening lap was literally backwards into the wall, had to restart was dead last and fought, kept fighting his way forward, kept fighting his way forward and uh, was up to P 12. I want to say by the, uh, by the red flag. So after, after they restarted, I, I think it took maybe two or three laps before he was into the top five. Uh, yeah, and that and that's when things started settling in. We saw a bunch of different guys up front. Of course, Cole Morgan was up front. As you said, uh, we knew that uh, Anunziata was in there. Uh, there was there was Zillich fighting out there. Carson Morgan was in there as well. Uh, there was Dave. There was a bunch of drivers that fought themselves into that in, into that race. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, we're getting we're getting we're getting to it at the end. Thomas Anunziata makes a great move. He ends up going to the lead, uh, and then kind of all hell breaks loose in turn number one. And he had a pretty good lead for a little bit. And then uh, yeah. and then the Morgan brothers and Zillage kind of were like, hey, let's yeah. not be stupid and work together to kind of close back in on him. But even as the white flag flew, and this is kind of the start of, of all the chaos, <laughs> That's it. they were still kind of close to Anunziata. But Zillage, who's coming across in fourth, was trying to get under, uh, who was it? Which Morgan brother was it? I think it was uh, Carson Morgan. Yes as Carson Morgan was trying to get under Cole Morgan. So essentially they were going three wide into turn one. And Carson Zillage, was pinching. He was, he was defending pinching down too, right? Yes. As he was going under Cole Morgan. Though. As he was going under Cole. Yeah. And so um, as they, as they dove deep into turn one, they actually made contact Zillage and Carson Morgan and went into Thomas and who was doing the normal racing line and is hitting the apex. So, the contact of that put Carson Morgan on top of Nunziata and pushed them wide. This allowed Zillage to take the lead with Cole Morgan pushing him through to avoid his wrecking brother and Thomas Nunziata. And then that you keep, carried over. You, you keep going. <laughs> All right. So then that took you to turn four. That was where uh, I believe Zillage went in with a defensive line, held the inside line. And then as they were coming around, it was Morgan on his bumper along with Mateus Fernandez who had, who joined the party as well too. He was kind of in the mix early on, didn't really do much as, as Anunziata and Morgan ran away. But when the red flag came up, he was one of those drivers that was looking to make moves. Unfortunately, he would climb the left rear of, um, of Car- of Cole Morgan. And that sent Cole Morgan into Connor Zillage. And as we talked about yesterday with the, uh, the Fletcher and, uh, uh, Elio Meza getting that little kink. They all pushed into the same kink. All three I, of them. I thought that was I thought that was Carson that pushed wide and essentially let well, left. He pushed wide. No, Carson was was out in turn one. It was Cole Morgan. Oh, okay. Wasn't it? Did all I right. do it wrong? No, I don't yeah, know. It was Cole been, Morgan. Okay. I, I I was sure I was I was sure it was Carson because didn't didn't Connor slap him in the face a little bit? Yeah. No, it was it was Cole Morgan. It was Cole all Morgan. Right. Okay. I mean, I can, we can, we can go back because hold on. I'm trying to see who finished because one of them finished. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. I'm trying to see. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Car- oh, Carson was last. Carson finished 43rd. Right. But I think he had 20. Yeah. He had 24 laps. Where oh, Cole Morgan, laps. Cole oh, Morgan right. sat there with Zillage after he got smacked by him. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> right. So that that so I I have the names right. So uh, yeah. Cole, we'll Cole Morgan, yeah, yeah. so Carson Schlaff Morgan turn one, Cole Morgan turn four. 
this again part of the seas kind of like similar to what we saw with derek wang yeah. uh in, in the master shift or in the x30 master opened up the seas for brandon lemke who again was just kind of buying his time waiting 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 for something to happen and you know lo and behold the last lap it was all him again you only needed to lead that one lap and that's exactly it man as the seas parted there was nobody behind him because again there was still a scramble for position he was in the right moment at, he was right in the right position at the right time and uh, was able to cross the uh, the start finish line as the winner for a second straight time. Yeah, uh, this time this time it stuck. It was it was wild as it was it was happening because you're call you know, I'm calling the turn you know Mike and I are calling the turn one wreck. Then we got the chaos in turn four where they kind of pushed out wide. Zilich is in the wall. They're sideways. They're all top on top of each other. And all you see is like you said, kind of the seas parted. And all of a sudden, boom, out goes the Merlin, the Franklin Merlin. And it's and it's in my mind's like you got to be kidding me. You, you're getting the re- this guy's leading to get the redemption. Please don't have a pushback bumper. I want this story to be real. That was amazing. Last lap and uh, like you said, uh, over a second advantage. I think at the line for for Lemke. Yeah, seas parted. I mean, that's all you can say. You know, it, you know, people were looking down on him. Certainly making uh, things kind of happen the way they did. And again, Jamie Siraki, Franklin Motorsports, up in our EKN Tower Cooper Tire Tower. And he's like, guys, don't hug me yet. We're not done yet. Wait <laughs> till he right. comes around with a checkered flag, guys. Let's not celebrate just yet. That's so, very, very true. Yep. yep. So, and again, they, they did. He did wait till they came around and was was coming around for the podium ceremony with the checkered flag in hand. So uh, they did wait for that. Uh, a number of different penalties. Uh, we ended yeah. up with Trey Brown crossing the line in the second position. Oliver Calvo, Oliver Calvo in the third spot. Paulie Massimino fourth. And then uh, Nicholas Trelacki in fifth. Uh, Colvo, Cal, Calvo uh, was a, a penalty for contact, while Massimino received a pushback bumper penalty. So that knocked those two off the podium. That moved Nicholas Trelacki up into the third spot, who advanced 22 positions in that race. Wow. So red flag certainly helped him get uh, a lot more positions. Uh, Kiriakis Sukis, right? Did I say that right? Kiriakis. Yeah, no, Kiriakos. Kiriakos. Kiriakos Sukis. That's what it was. Uh, up yep. 10 spots to the fourth spot. And then Marco Felice in the yeah. uh, fifth position, up 27 spots. So again, was he, Red was Flag he helped out. No, no, no. What? The hard Charger was in the sixth position. Max Opalski up 29 spots to six. Wow. So uh, a Hard Charger for him. He actually had to go through the LCQ to get oh, into the right. main event on Super Sunday. So Almost on the podium, one spot short. Again, red flag certainly helped out a number of different drivers in that. Nick Bruckner, another great story. I was going to say, let, uh, let's talk about Nick before we're done here, okay? Yeah, uh, up 27 spots. Another driver that was in the LCQ up to finish in a top 10. So uh, I'll let you talk more about Nick. Let, let's let's do this before we go Bruckner. Okay. Connor's on board yeah. as 11,000. I literally just went over and looked. I was looking at YouTube real quickly and I, I looked yeah. over and I went, Oh, what? Yeah, I, I want to watch that that whole uh, that whole onboard. 11,000 views already for Connor Zilich's onboard. That, uh, that'd be fun to watch. I haven't got a chance to see it yet. That would have been good before the show. Yeah, and we should have put some EKN audio to it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have did the overview. Could have, could have overlaid it, could have overlaid it yeah. for him. Um, so yeah, Nick Bruckner, obviously, I think, you know, for those of you, maybe who have followed the, the sport a little bit, Nick's a, a young man out of Texas who is uh, in a second battle with cancer and has been uh, battling like crazy, but this is a guy who's got so much heart. He's just such a great young man. We've uh, followed him through his cadet career. He wants to come and run, um, ends up having to go through the LCQ 
qualifies through the, the last chance qualifier, just absolutely digging in and showing his will and determination. And then ends up running through David from the LCQ to finish what 11th, I think. 10th. Was it 11th? He finished top 10, 10 with, yes. with, the, with the penalties. With the penalties. He ends up finishing top 10. In, in my mind, one of the best stories of this year's Super Nationals for Nick to be able to get that done. What an absolute. He literally put off a chemotherapy. Chemo, uh, I was just going to say that. Yep. To be able to come to the Super Nationals. That's, to me, that's just, uh, that's, that's spirit right there. Well, we know how much Nick loves this sport and he loves yeah. the people too. You know, he really loves, you know, he misses Greenemeyers, a lot of different families that he, again, he came in as a kid, you know, started in the micro division racing nationally knows a lot of the same people that we've been following year after year. And he could have, you know, again, he was one of those kids that, you know, he won at challenge of the Americas. He's won a number of different events as a junior and as a a cadet driver. So, you know, great to see him. It's just a passion. He just has a passion for it. He's like, you know what? I can wait. Chemo can wait. That's it. You know, he, he grew up the little, grew out a little bit of hair, uh, in between and, uh, you know, built up his strength enough to be able to, and again, KA, I think is that perfect category to be able to do that. He has the racing, he has the racing ability to do it and, uh, and great to see it work out. Yeah, back with his crew at Orsalon Racing, who he uh, won many races with. And yeah, it was great. It was good to see Nick on the, on the uh, number one on the entry list. Good to see him trackside. And then, of course, like I said, to get to the top 10, Nick Bruckner. I'm, a, I'm team Bruckner all the way around. That's awesome. I know many people I, are as well. I was going to say, I think we all are in the karting community. I think so. I think 100%. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Wins at the sport's biggest races and championships across all levels of karting make up the resume for Nitro Kart. The Nitro Kart has made its statement as the best, fastest, and most reliable cadet chassis on the North American karting market. The 2021 cadet is the evolution of that success, featuring the latest development and components to put you at the front. If you want to win in cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join the team. The Nitro Kart Cadet claimed five victories at the Scusa Pro Tour, including the Mini Swift Championship in 2020. At the United States Pro Kart Series, Nitro Kart Cadet earned five wins and 14 podiums in mini and micro competition. For a second straight year, Nitro Kart won the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals in the Minimax division, bringing the title total to four in four years. If you've seen it on track, it certainly caught your eye. Dominating the four-cycle world is the Nitro Kart Lefty Chassis. The chassis is designed for the Briggs & Stratton 206 engine with a left side mount for better weight distribution. The Lefty is available in cadet and full-size frames. The Nitro Kart Lefty won the CKNA Grand Nationals 4 in both sportsman and junior categories with fast time in qualifying for the senior division. Drivers with the Lefty were ranked number one in the Briggs & Stratton Weekly Racing Series for Junior and Cadet Divisions. Team Nitro Kart will be at all major events in 2021 with programs tailored to every driver's needs. Focused on driver development, the Cadet program under Team Nitro Kart has helped develop some of today's stars including Brent Cruz, Parker DeLong, Ben Mayer, and Spencer Conrad. Visit Nitro Kart online and find them on Facebook and Instagram. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. 
with a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. All right, let's move into the next category. Again, this race report brought to you by Trinity Carding Group. Let's go X30C. Or do you want do you want to go Pro Shifter, David, to potentially have X30? Like our, I guess maybe make it in time. Um, no, I think I think we can continue on. I'll check and see what what, uh, right. what the outlook is on that. All right, let's go to X30 Senior. Uh, You're gonna have to talk look. about it then. What's that? <laughs> You're going to have to talk about it while I do my, right. my work. Here. Um, here's the headline. Patience pays off for Norberg to claim first Super Nationals. Again, that this is a, a Norberg story comes in later on. Uh, out of the gate and qualifying, uh, and again, qualifying was, was pretty solid. Uh, Jake Drew for GFC carding, Gary Carlton's team, able to put down a, the magic lap in qualifying. Uh, and again, one of the qualifying, what's that, David? I'll get to that. that. Hey, we'll start with that. Yeah. Yeah. By qualifying on pole and the way that things have... They've always done something different with Supercarts USA with their uh, relationship with BRM, the uh, luxury timepiece manufacturer. And uh, it's gone to Masters, guys, whatever. This year, they decided to give it to the pole, one of them, one of the two watches uh, to the pole in X30 Senior. Jake Drew ends up winning it. David, one of the things I liked about it, we don't think we've touched really much on, on this. I like what they did for qualifying this year. Um, instead, so they had a, they have a 15-minute window for each class, two 15-minute windows if the class is larger. They were broke it down into five, essentially five-minute runs, five-lap runs, seven-minute sessions, five-lap runs for everybody. It got rid of the crap that we've seen over the years where guys go out, or they either wait on the grid or they go out and putt around. They're looking to try to find the fast guy, and it ends up catching other guys. Literally, it was a five-lap dash. Get out, get your tires warm, and see if you could do it, and – for, for Jake Drew, David, getting it done on the final circuit, I believe, uh, ends up putting on the pole, gets the pole for all his heat races, plus $4,000 watch on the wrist as well. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was basically A, B, C, D qualifying, where D was the slowest group, C was the second slowest, B was yep. the third slowest, and then A, the uh, the quickest. So it helped, you know, very similar to what we've seen, you know, other major events do, Uh USPKS for certainly has done this, especially at Ocala when you have such a small racetrack. It's like we got to split up these guys into into smaller groups, and I think that helped. Again, you could go out with people, you could follow people, you could do what you want as you've done in the past, but it helped the the track be open more so than than okay. being clustered and uh, provided an opportunity for guys again. Go out there, lay your lap down, and then pull off. Let less carts on the racetrack, so more room and more urgency. 
That's the pairing, yes. right? That you got to yeah. get. You can't mess around. Got to go get the job done. Jake Drew ends up qualifying on pole. Petro Hiltbrand running for uh, uh, PSL Carding ends up in second. And Hannah Greenmeyer, the Pro Tour champion, getting off to a great start. It wouldn't end that way for Hannah, but she came out of the gate strongly with good speed. Uh, it was David. It was it was in these heat races coming out of turn number one, especially the first round where guys were really really getting hectic. They were really getting aggressive. We saw a number of guys three wide coming out of turn one, right, trying to make that work. A lot of contact, guys getting driving over top of each other, and a bunch of guys getting driven off into the side and into the barriers as well. We, I think we saw a lot of chaos, especially in the opening round of heats, getting out of turn number one. Yeah, again, people trying to feel out the race track itself for racing conditions, and I think the nighttime too. I think again, you're you're, you're set. You figured out how the the race track is during the day. It's a lot different at night in terms of visual uh, aspect, and yeah, it. It wasn't as bad, but it just caught out a number of, a number of contenders uh, that could have been competing for the victory. So I think that's yeah. kind of why it stood out. Aside from that, I think the starts were pretty good for for at least the the size of the field that we did have in X30. And as you said, Hannah Greenmeyer, one of them that got caught out, uh, I believe it was in her opening heat race, uh, right. second heat so race, oh, yeah, second, second heat okay. race. So only two, only one driver actually getting two wins. Uh, otherwise, we had four different guys winning. Thomas Nepfu uh, from Trinity Carding Group able to win both uh, the first and second heat races for him. Other heat race winners were Hildebrand, Diego Conteca, Frankie Mossman stepping things up big big time this year's Super Nationals. He was right in the fight. And, of course, Ryan Norberg wrapping things up as the final heat race on round number three on Saturday afternoon. He was able to get a heat, heat race win there. That put him P5 for the start, though. Uh, of it's kind of, Super Sunday. It's interesting. Norberg got the last heat race win in X30 senior as Lemke did in KA100 senior. So, ah. little, little. so if, if you finish the, the, the last heat race, the... I mean, it, gonna it is. I mean, again, it's good because you, you've worked yourself up through the heat races. And if you're winning that last one, you know, it, and, and we'll talk a little bit more, Net, you know, Thomas Nefu won his fir- first two heat races. We didn't really talk about him at all on Super Sunday, so well, it's almost we better did. He was win. in the top six the entire was time. was in the but, top six, but, but he kind of was he kind of was sliding backwards the entire race. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Is is that a product was, of the top six? He was good early and then not so much as as the event moved on. Same with Jake Drew, wow. you know, good yep. early. He had two runner up finishes in the heat races, but we didn't really see him up front in in the main event as well, too. So let's talk about the Super Sunday main event. Uh, Thomas Nepfu, Petro Hiltbrand on the front row, Diego Conteca, and uh, Jake Drew, row number two. Norberg, as we said, starting in the fifth position. Uh, Hiltbrand gets the whole shot, and it eventually sl- slots in early with Hiltbrand, Nepfu, Conteca, Drew, and Norberg. Uh, Norberg gets eventually gets shuffled back to P6. And actually, David, he fell back probably about seven or eight cart lengths as Zilich got into the top five. And... I was wondering, are they going to line up? Are they going to work together? The answer was no. Oh, man, the amount of racing that they did in that top five really is what allowed Norberg to come back into it because had they not done that, I don't think Norberg would have been in the fight. That certainly helped. And again, it was clean racing. But again, you're you're racing for the Super Nationals. I think you had a lot of drivers who wanted to lead. You didn't want, You didn't have drivers who wanted to just to, you know, we talked to Jeremy Fletcher. Fletcher, I think he would have been happy to kind of sit back and wait. And, yep. and and buy his opportunity. A lot of these guys in the senior division, they want to be the leaders. Um, and, and that's kind of how it was. And so, yeah, you had a number of different lead changes, you know, throughout, throughout that middle section of the race. Once yeah, I want to say know, everybody had, led. 
I, I think so. I mean, I thought I, I thought I had written down who had led. Um, yeah. So we had, um, uh, Hildebrand led, led Diego Maybe led village led. No, Drew, see Drew and, and Thomas yeah. Netfood did not lead. So they were there, but didn't quite lead. So yep. you had those three drivers essentially leading that group. And then as they were shuffling that for that position, as you said, that allowed Norberg to slowly gate, close that gap back up and then make his way up through, you know, again, one pass here, one pass there, one pass here, one pass there. Yeah. And then into as, the lead. As soon as he got into the race, into that pack and made that first pass, my mind went, okay, this is going to be a Ryan Norberg deal where he just kind of handles thing. I, I, I wrote it down because I just, I watched it beforehand. He was third by lap 13. Right. A lap and a half later, went to second. And yep. a lap 17, he went to P1. And it was Conteca that kind of pushed it, tried to, tried to stay with him. They fought further back, right, between uh, Hiltbrand and Zilich and yep. Nepvu and Drew. They were scrapping it out behind him. Those two drivers tried to pull away. Um, but Conteca just couldn't stay with him. And no. Ryan, literally over the last, you know, f- five laps, just put the laps down. It was, you know, it was textbook Ryan, Ryan Norberg. I'm out front. I've got it done. Now I can stretch your way to, to, to a win. Well, it's funny because his fastest lap was on lap 17 of the race. When now, it wasn't the, the fastest lap of the of the race itself, but his oh. fastest lap, which is a 46-0. And then he ran a 4, a 4, a 3, a 4, a 4, and a 4. So essentially <laughs> wow. all within a tenth of each other. Yeah. And again, that's, that's, that's amazing stuff. And in the end, uh, getting that win by just over a second. And the, if you watch, go back and watch the video again. You love the fact he's rolling on the back straightaway, and you could see halfway down. You know, he's 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 been able to see what's behind him. Starts pounding that steering wheel because David, he, the, the guy's won four Pro Tour championships. Uh, those early championships too is, is when we were running the championship, the Pro Tour at the Supernats, right? So he's not thinking race win really is the number one thing. He wants to win the title first, and and remember him and Josh Crack battling for it. They were more yeah. like mid pack. They just really weren't in the front fight no, at all because no, they weren't. They were thinking championship. Um, again, we you know, we talked about what Derek Wang had did to get that tight, you know, get that race win to put on his resume. This is this is, I think, absolutely massive for Ryan Norberg, uh, simply because of what he's done uh, over a body of work with four championships to be able to get that title now uh, of a super nationals champion. I think that's gonna that's just huge for him. Oh, it's massive. You know, it it's it. I almost think it's better than the pro tour victory or championships myself, but you know, just because it's, you know, there's so many, there's so so many people that pour so much into this one race and it, it just, you know, the, the way this, again, you bring in all the international drivers. Again, he had to beat a former world champion in Pedro Hildebrand, you know, Lorenzo Travis Sinato. We didn't even talk about him all week and he was in the field a lot of other different world champions and, and top drivers in that field and, and former champions. And I just, again, I personally, I think super nationals victory is it. David, what you'd ask any IndyCar driver and they would trade that IndyCar championship for an 8,500 win. Oh, without a doubt, you know, that's the same I mean, thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of that same feeling. And again, this, you know, this is that one race, you know, you can build up all season long to this race. You know, you could, I, I, you finish I, I really you could finish that. second. You could finish second every race on the pro tour and win the championship. I think right? if you asked Jordan Musser, I think this would, he would gladly trade in any of those Rotax championships <laughs> for for a yeah. Super Nationals victory. But you know, in the end, you know, ended up being you know we talked to Norberg a lot this year in a lot of our face to face or interviews and yeah. stuff like that. He's kind of he's changed that mindset of he, he he can't race as a championship, and I. I almost think he he didn't have to race 
aggressively in this one. It just kind of came to him. He was in the right position at the right time, and he was able to get the cart where it wanted, where it needed to be in order to be con- in contention uh, for Super Sunday. So really, I no, I don't think there wasn't anything. You know, we wanted to get him online. He, he's actually doing another show right now, but um, oh shame. Yeah, so um, I think I don't really think he changed anything. You know, I what do you think on that? Because I think it's the Ryan Norberg that we were used to seeing. He's just again in the right position at the right time, and when when he had to lay down the laps, he did. Personally, for me, and I, th- I want to say I mentioned it in the TV broadcast, which I've done the voiceover for that already, and I think it's already aired at least once over in Europe. It'll be airing, I think, in January on, on MAP TV. Uh, but I mentioned that that in an X30 race like that, when things have settled in, you've got your front six and you've got 10 to go or everybody to go. It's a chess match. That's why yeah. the guys are going back and forth because it's a chess match, right? People are trying to figure you're you're trying to you know you got five guys around you and you're trying to find out where they're faster. You know, we talked about Ryan, Ryan, I'd rather uh, into Joey Wimsett. He was trying to figure out where they were quicker than him. He was geared a little differently. So when you're battling, it's a chess match. You're trying to f- find out what your competition's like, where they're better than you potentially, and then you go to work, right? You get make sure you get yourself into the right spot. And literally, we'll be able to go back and look at that video and see this. Uh, methodical progression from sixth once he got to the tail of the field and then just started working his way forward. I don't know that Ryan lost more than one spot. He might not have lost any spots. He might have just immediately got there and then moved forward, forward, forward. Other guys were going forward and backwards. And I have a feeling that Ryan just kept going forward. And once he got up front, um, you know, we he's talked many times about being able to put those magic laps and those consistent laps. And you just, you know, you rolled out how fast he was, his speeds over the last five laps, David. And that's what it takes to be able to run a, run away when guys behind you start fighting. Yeah, fell to six on lap two, and that was the furthest back he went. And then once lap once lap twelve came, that's when he started moving forward. Never, yeah, like never I said, fell lap, back. So. Lap thirteen took the lead, and away, and away he went from there. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, look. Diego Conteca finishing in the second position, so runner up for the Colombian uh, Pedro Hiltenbrand, the uh, world champion, finishing in third. Uh, Connor Zillage ended up finishing in fourth with Thomas Nevu, the Canadian, in the fifth spot. And again. No pushback bumper penalties in any of these drivers in the top five. So the racing was all clean. That was a, an impressive run by all these drivers. Yeah, there were probably yeah. some in the back that we're not mentioning, but uh, uh, fast lap of the race went to Colin Warren, uh, the Florida driver, and the two-time Cup Cards North America Grand Nationals winner. Yes, guy, yeah. Uh, drove yeah. up to uh, the 10th spot from 19th, but the hard charger of the race was actually Trey Brown, who had to use a provisional to get into the field. He used a 2020 provisional, if I recall correctly, and wow. ended up going from 42nd into the 14th position. Wow. And again, yeah, what, full 28-position improvement? Yep. And listen, think, think, think about this. How about what – what a, what a weekend for Trey Brown. It's a finishing second in yeah. KA100 Senior – and then a good run up to 14th in, in the. So I think uh, the, I think we need a hard charger pass. award. You know, maybe 100 bucks here, 200 bucks there, something. I agree. Or a set of, set of MG tires. I think now that we're working with Race Hero, we got this this amazing software to be able to tell us right away who yeah. hard charger is. I think I think that's one of the things we need to work with Scusa and other programs who use the Race Hero program uh, to do. So again, a simple <sighs> set of tires. Hundred percent on board. I'm not the promoter. Sure. I can't do it. <laughs> But we make suggestions, right? I think it's a we great do. idea. Whatever it is, I don't, I don't. Whatever it is, something because that hard charger, uh, when you have that issue and you're able to work your way forward, uh, especially without a pushback bumper, too. Let's be real. If you yeah. didn't, if you didn't, if you got hard charger without a pushback, let me see. I can double check. I'll double check just to see if his number. Yeah, really, they're one, 
two, three, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve pushback bumper penalties in a field he of did not 43. Get one. And he yeah, did not get he, one. Yeah. He did not get one. Well done, Trey Brown. Good for you, man. And Trey, of course, uh, veteran driver in the Supercarts USA program and at the uh, the Supernats as well. I wonder how many I wonder how many Supernats he's been in. Trey has not very many. No, really. Yeah, no. That's one thing they that have not raced me. the Supernats much. That's one thing I, I mentioned. I looked at when I was doing the uh, the previews for this category. He didn't have okay. a lot of Supernationals. Uh, races under his belt. I'm going to give you exactly how many of that is. That would like surprise me. Uh, yeah, he had X30 Junior in 2017, and then a X30 Senior race in 2018 was not there in 2019. That's it. Wow. Two I would have said way more than that. Yeah, so only okay. his third Super Nationals race. Good for him. Uh, anyways, wrapping it up, Ryan Norberg, not only a four-time Supercarts USA Pro Tour champion, now a Super Nationals winner. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their carding lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Cardi helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly.
Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. All right, David, wrapping it up. Uh, final one here, the race report brought to you by Trinity Carding Group. Let's go into Pro Shifter, and here is the headline. International stars dominate with Vajano taking the 10K. Yeah, it's something we didn't put really put in our predictions with the uh, international drivers coming over and uh, and kind of showing us, you know, the uh, the the shifter cart ways. Uh, yeah, and we yeah. something we've seen with something we've seen in the headline category since 2007 when Mardo, Marco Artigo came over and, and scored his first Super Nationals victory. We've seen a number of international drivers come in and take that big ten thousand uh, dollar purse to or check to win that race. Uh, I think Gary Carlton is the only American to win since that time, uh, since 2007 in, in what we consider now the headline category, because we can't really, we can't really combine the S one, you know, division into this. I mean, we can in terms of wins, but I think when you look at this overall, I think you kind of have to go with, with that KZ route, um, in, in terms of past victories. So, uh, but, it was an American that was set fast time in qualifying, and it was the guy was. I picked to win it all in A.J. Myers. Uh, A.J. Myers put down the flyer in qualifying, was able to set the fast time ahead of Matteo Vigiano uh, with Danny Formal, last year's KZ winner, in the third position. Unfortunately, a bumper, a lost bumper on the last lap of the opening heat race relegated um, – I'm going to try and find the number relegated uh, Myers down to the 46th position. So the, uh, the opening heat race was not kind to the top qualifier. $3,000 for qualifying on the pole. We talked to him afterwards and we did our, uh, our YouTube interview, our Paddock Insider YouTube interview. We'll do a lot more of those in 2022, but yeah, that really put Myers on the, on the back foot and, and, and looking at, you know, in calling uh, the main event for the TV, pr- the production. And then again, watching it today, I felt bad for him because he was so fast, literally, as he worked his way back through the field. And we'll talk about it here. Uh, he was turning the lap times exactly the same as Vajano at, at one point yeah. midway through. Um, David, Vajano was able to get that heat race, the opening heat race win. How about Myers coming back in the second heat race? Uh, obviously, was pretty pissed off, I would think. And then he was able to <laughs> fight his way back to get the, the race win there, right? Yeah, I would think that. So he came back and won that opening heat or the second heat race ahead of Formal with Jano in the third position. Uh, a little bit at RG Bargy in the third heat race as Myers was dropped back down to eight spot as Vajano went on to win uh, that race ahead of Marnian Kremers, who I didn't pick to be in the top five. And I heard that from the PSL tent and then uh, <laughs> Formal in the third position. So essentially it set up Vajano, Formal, Kremers, and Jake French as your starting lineup. Uh, for the first two rows on the pole on the uh, on Super Sunday, AJ Myers ended up starting in the thirteenth. What's that? I said, "Where's my notes? Pull my notes oh. out." Because I want AJ I AJ Myers ended up uh, starting in the thirteenth position for Super Sunday. And Danny Formel doing what he does, right? Gets the whole shot out of the gates and led the first a couple of laps. The first three laps he led with Vajano right behind him, and Kremers was right there as well. Um, it was interesting that the, the, the pass essentially was the pass for the lead uh, for the win when when uh, when Vajano went by Formal pretty aggressive in turn number one. It was a kind of a late move down to the inside and kind of got some contact and pushed him wide. Kremers I think was able to get by Formal as well. Yes, in, yeah, in that, it was in that, in that move. It wasn't hard contact. It was just you know yeah. that side by side little nudge, but yeah. it just enough to where I think Formal kind of slipped up in in, in applying that the throttle down. 
and it gave just enough room for for uh, Kremers to kind of slip past as well too. So so Formal dropped from first to third, and essentially yeah. that was the race. I mean that's yeah, what it that that's it. what it was. That's it. That's what it was. Uh, AJ Meyer started 13th, as you said, by my notes, up to seventh uh, by lap number eight. Then he went to work at that point, uh, was able yeah. to reel in, I think, Brent Cruz. And because Cruz was battling with Jake French, French had been battling with uh, Longy for a while. Longy went by, yeah. uh, and then Cruz got up to French. And then literally Myers just came up, took one lap. He took uh, uh, Cruz, and maybe the next lap, might have been even the next lap or the lap yeah. after, was able to get, uh, was able two to get by French. Yeah. Two laps. Yeah. Able to get by French, and, and the, you know the one thing about AJ too is he was smart with it. He didn't, he didn't make the move. He didn't when he got because I was saying like he's if he wants to catch Fajano, which I thought was it was a I thought you know what depends on what kind of lap times he can put down. Well, and you never know. Red flag. We've seen a red flag that yeah, rate or that day, and then we saw a red flag yeah. in in 2018 when Kremers was leading. Yeah. Red flag came out, and he lost in that race he as lost. well too. So uh, instead of going by, like making the dive bomb move into the into the uh, the chicane nine a nine b, was able to get an easy run and and, and make it where, where it could get the speed done in turn one. So uh, again, Myers, uh, you got to give it up. He ends up P five. You think that if you come in and you get a win, an eighth, and a forty six position in heat in the heat races, are you going to be able to battle for the podium? Normally, you'd say you're probably not. You're going to be in trouble. But AJ right. Myers is a special kid. That Magic Cart program with Checkered Motorsports has uh, has put together a really tremendous program, and the kid literally is the number one ranked driver in the in the country in shifter carts, and I think really showed it here this week when he when he was able to step up and and work his way onto the podium. Yeah, again, and it's a place that really kind of kicked it off. 2014 when he finished fifth yep. in the KZ division that. that year, and I mean that that's that's what turned it turned me on to watching what he's doing because. When you, when you go up against, I mean, again, KZ at that time was all international. You had a couple of Americans, a couple of Canadians in there. But aside from Gary Carlton, nobody was really con- competing with them. And then along came Myers, who wasn't allowed to race S1 because yeah, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't, give, they him wouldn't a, give him his A license. So he's <laughs> like, right. I'll go race KZ. And he and he yeah. did it with, with again, Checkered Motorsports and, and PCR at that time. PCR. And was able to do that. So, uh, you know, again, yeah, he is certainly... You know, over the last five years, probably the top shifter cart driver we have in this country. I would say so. Yeah, even with Billy Musgrave winning a bunch of uh, uh, of S one and, and pro shifter uh, super nats races, he's he's the guy. No he's doubt. Got th- AJ well, again, see, uh, Musgrave's got the four super national wins. <laughs> That's right. That's a- three, but three recently. One was an S two a few years back. Yep. And then Myers has three championships. I mean, but he's winning every single race aside from the super national. So. Yep. You know, I, yeah, I would kind of keep it 50, 50 there. With <laughs> I would too. Two. I would too. That's funny. Um, let's talk about the, it ends up shaking down with Martin Kremers in second, uh, and Danny Formal third. Uh, they, they fought it out over the last couple laps yeah. to see, and it looked to me, um, mid race to the end of the race and, you know, Mike Smith and I were calling it, um, Kremers was having some trouble. It was like mid corner. He had like a mid corner push a little bit, a little bit oversteer mid corner, and that would allow allow uh, Formal to close up. Just wasn't able to pull the trigger to get by him. Otherwise, overall, you know, anytime Danny doesn't win, he's not happy. Same with Kremers. I think he really was there to to, to get the redemption. He was not able to do that. He ends up in second, and, and Danny Formal third. Yeah, three straight years for Kremers in the runner up position. So it's kind of like you know this is his nemesis. Well, we'll see. Again, I, you know, it depends on what he does for the 2022 season, you know, with car stuff, karting. I think if he, if the schedule allows him to be here, I think, I think he'll, it'll switch back on and be like, man, I got to go back and get that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
Uh, Ricardo Longhi was fourth. As we said, A.J. Myers in fifth. The sixth and seventh battle I thought was really good because it was Brent Cruz battling that with Jake French. And Cruz made a deep move into turn number one. A little, maybe a little more aggressive, but he got obviously got the job done. But it eventually came with a three-second penalty, incident penalty as well. But um, I thought at 13 years of age, Brent Cruz acquitted himself very well. I think I picked him to be in the top five, mainly because you and I didn't really leave enough probably props for the Italian the Italian guys that were coming in to yeah. run. Uh, but, hey, Cruz did a good job, I thought. Top 10 guy and finished legitimately six on the racetrack. Although, six on the racetrack, yeah. Yeah, the penalty the penalty for, for Punt and French put him back to what? what yeah, it, it, was actually, it was actually a five-second penalty, so it moved him back to the eighth spot, allowed David yeah. Foray, another world champion, 47, 47 years, years old, <laughs> racing out there, moved up 10 positions to the seventh spot in the final uh, classifications. Austin Garrison, great to see him in the top 10, finishing ninth. And then Hunter Pickett, the uh, the, the the dad of the field, uh, into the uh, the 10th position. <laughs> he's wow. a dad, you know? There's yeah, not a lot crazy. of dads in this field. Maybe Foray is about the a, only whoa, one. Whoa, he's a dad? Hunter Pickett's a dad now. Oh, my goodness. I know that. that you're old, Rob. What is happening? <laughs> my uh, hard charger of the race, though. So yeah. He talked about how fast the, uh, the Magic Card is. Uh, Vincenzo Saracino moving over to Magic Heart USA moved up 20 spots to 13th in the main. Wow, event. nicely done. That's solid for sure. Uh, bottom line is is that uh, Matteo Vigiano ends up winning $10,000, hands the helmet over to Tom Kutcher uh, to add to the collection with guys like you said, David. Look at some of the names that you know the Marco Artigos, the uh, Anthony Abbas, uh, the Gary Carltons, these guys that have won these big races and passed that helmet over to get the 10 G's. Uh, it was, uh, and, and listen, let's, let's cap it off with this. Um, Burrell art had a good day. They had a good super nationals in, in pro shifter. What, what did it end up being David? Was it, uh, it was three of the top five and three of the top six, three, uh, four or, of the top or six, four of the top six, four in the yeah, top Bajano, six. Yeah. Kremers, Longy and French, the Burrell art package. Well, was very, very good. Uh, throughout yeah, the weekend. even so. with, with Pedro Hiltevant in uh, X30 Senior as well, too. Uh, so, yeah, they had a, a pretty good pretty good uh, Super Sunday in the uh, two headline categories. Are you saying Ryan's now available? Do we want to try to get Ryan or not? I Well, I just told him we were wrapping it up. but uh, Yeah, good enough. Yeah. He was busy. He was busy. We'd love to talk to he Ryan Norbert, but, but a little too busy. We'll get him on down so, the line. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Carding Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of carding. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Carding Technologies is known around North America for the successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Carding Technologies, head to pktaxles.com.
If you're searching for a program to elevate you in the motorsports ladder, Crosslink Competition is your next step. Crosslink Competition provides arrive and drive programs that include driver coaching, data analysis, and an engine rental program for all major events in the 2021 season. Team Crosslink is scheduled to compete at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, Rock Cup USA, and the United States Pro Kart Series events, along with regional and local programs from their home base in Texas. Crosslink Competition is a full retail shop for the Xpree chassis and OTK kart parts. Many new and used packages are available right now through their Dallas headquarters. For drivers interested in making the jump from karting to cars, Crosslink provides a streamlined opportunity for you. Team Crosslink and Kiwi Motorsports is a championship winning operation in the F4 United States Championship program, providing the perfect transition within the same. Drivers looking to compete with the elite level karting program or pick up gently used team equipment are asked to call 214-432-4413. Be sure to follow them on all social media platforms at Team Crosslink. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. Uh, all right, David. Let's uh, let's go constructors championship. Let's talk about the cha- the chassis that we're winning. We kind of I kind of spun into that a little bit talking about Barella. Give us the lineup of who was able to score race wins. Yeah, I mean, we saw yesterday as we talked about yesterday. The only driver to win twice is the only chassis to double up in the win column with Tony Cart getting two wins in X thirty Junior and K Junior. Uh, Benick scoring one in Nitro Cart scoring one in Mini and Micro. Uh, for these categories, uh, the Charles Leclerc chassis with uh, Matteo Vigiano winning, uh, Cosmic with Ryan Norberg. We have the Merlin winning with the Brandon Lemke victory in KA100 Senior, the Xpree in the X30 Master with Derek Wang, and then the DR Cart in uh, Master Shifter with Joey Wimsett. So, yeah, so li- literally what? How many was that? So, three Tony Cart wins, four, four all total with four. the different brands, OTK. Yeah. For OTK. Four OTK wins there OTK. out of the, out of the, uh, nine. the nine categories, but essentially nine. eight chassis brands total uh, yeah. for the nine ca- categories. Let's get yeah. into the predictions. Let's yeah, wrap up the predictions because, right. because I have been thoroughly thrashed over the last couple of years in our predictions, but this year I actually squeaked out a three-point prediction Let's- win. Let's go to your probably your no, it wasn't your worst score, but it was your worst score, I think, of these categories. No, no, it wasn't actually because that was a pretty good score. Uh, I'll show you yours. Here you go. Where are we start? Master Shifter. Yeah. Master Shifter. Um, I only got four points here, but uh, I got oh, one, one. I got one. Two, four three. drivers in the top five. I got four drivers in the top five, but nobody in the right spot. Right. That is yeah. correct, my friend, because you yeah. picked Jordan Musser to win. You were going with the Texan. Yeah, yeah. Guess yeah, who I, I went with? I, I went with Joey Wimsett. Yeah, you did. So you got Wimsett <laughs> in the right spot. You got Kinnear in the right spot. That was it, right? No, Kinnear ended up finishing second. See, if Musser oh, wouldn't have got right. that pushback bumper Musser, penalty, right. I would have almost had a perfect score. But John Crow screwed things up because I would have Well, John Crow fourth. didn't enter. He didn't even he enter. He didn't enter. Time. So that screwed it up because I would have yeah. put him fourth and I would have put Skitchy Barnes in fifth and I would have had a perfect score. So I might have had he, a perfect score. John Crow owes me in and out burger. I agree with that. I 100% agree with this. So, so, so that's a four point run for Rob and a nine point. It's nine points the most of, of any of 
Was that the best one of the year of the? the that weekend? was the best one. That was the best one of Super Sunday. Pretty so solid, uh, you know, I, I get a little, I get a little star for myself there. If it makes you feel happy and allows you to sleep it tonight does. in the shadow of this horrible de- uh, uh, defeat of my Rob, I'm all. I I'm shall all break good. you. <laughs> all right, you here we go. Another X thirty days. X thirty master. Yeah, I do. I, it's kind of like redemption, like Lemke had to, right? So I end up with uh, four of the top uh, five, which is solid because I picked Danilo Romaljo, who I was so impressed with at the, at the Winter Nationals. Uh, what do I end up with? Um, yeah, four did anybody points. Get you, had, these? you had all just the top four. You're just in the wrong positions. Just in the wrong spots. Yeah. yeah. How yeah, about you, you Dave? Had... What would you end up with? Where'd you look? Uh, well, oh, David. Oh, oh David. you know, That's Johnson came close to winning. We could have both scored you know, points on that one. So Johnson came up yep. short. Yep. Uh, I did have Renato Jader David in there. Uh, Scott Cop did not exactly have a, a good super sun or good week leading up to super Sunday. And then he was making nope. his way up close towards the top five. And then something happened as he said, he ran out of talent. So uh, very similar to Bonner Moulton. He ran out of talent on the pace lap. Uh, and then Mario Barrios <laughs> was just never in that top five category. He was, I think, in the top. No, 10, he didn't. He struck, but uh, just was never in that uh, that position. You know, again, these guys were good all season long, and just uh, you know, they kind of let me down. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick Derek Wang next year. You know, just to make up for it. Yeah, you you will. I, I agree. All right, let's. So uh, so I end up getting four there. You got two. K100 yeah. senior. You you and I both shit the bed here. Um, yeah, it was not good. No, no. Well, listen, they, there was a lot of wrecking going on. Who did, who did <laughs> I end up? I, all I got was Lemke, right? I picked Lemke to be in the top five, and he ends up winning. Yep. And he ends up winning. Uh, you had Massimino, Zillage, Cruz, and Cole Morgan uh, as your top four, and then having Brendan Lemke there in fifth spot. So, yeah, you only got one point there, but don't worry because, Rob, I only got one point as well, too. <laughs> you did. Uh, that was For Brendan Lemke. Lemke. Unfortunately, he won, and I had him finishing in fourth. Yeah. Uh, as we said, Zillage came close to winning. I almost got that one. That would have been a great zero to hero moment for me. And, yeah, that would, and, that would and maybe me. him yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> he he uh, might have enjoyed that. Being Alex backwards Powell, and tr- backwards yeah. and tr- number one. Alex Powell actually sat out the KA 100 senior category, didn't even race. So that kind of hurt me there. And yeah. then, uh, and then Alex Stanfield didn't, uh, didn't exactly produce in that court category as well. And then Massimino got the penalty to take him off the podium. So that, that cost me points there in the now, listen, uh, I'll, I'll give, senior division. I'll give you this: Stanfield really wasn't wasn't really there in K100 senior, but he did have a really good weekend in X30 senior. He did. I yeah. just you know wrong class. Yeah. I picked the wrong yeah. class That's to it. to have the uh, the opportunity for him to score me points. He so hold up, up. So let's we, see we, where we did both, he finish. Whoa, I don't think on. he even finished. Yeah, I don't yeah, even think. He, oh, he finished 18th. There we 18th. go. 18th. All right. Now, hold on. Here's the big one for me. Oh, seven seven points. In X30 Senior, David. Coming up. There you go. Look at that. Uh, I picked the winner, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Picked the winner. That was that was your biggest moment in this class, was picking the winner. I got, and then I got, because uh, why, why do I have seven? How is it? It's five. How much is to win? You had Zillage. So it's five to five for picking correct. And then you had two in the top five. Didn't oh, Connor Zillage right. finish right. fifth? Five plus the two. Yeah. Zillage yeah. finished. Where did Zillage finish? He finished the oh, fourth. He, Fourth, yeah. So you had yeah, two in the yeah. top five. So five Lorenzo, plus two is seven. Lorenzo, Lorenzo, like you said, kind of struggled in it, finishing 12th on the weekend all total. 
Mm-hmm. Nate Cicero was kind of quick, but he he had to take a provisional because he had mm-hmm. issues in the heat races. He was trying to come forward with Hannah Greenmeyer. Where did yeah. Nate end up fishing? Uh, oh, let me go back. I'm scrolling. Oh, he finished 16th. Yeah. And, 16th. and, and, and Danny Curl looked good early on again, he just did. didn't have that main event. And, uh, I think he retired actually early. Yeah. Lap opening lap. One. He got, he got or, taken at opening yeah. lap. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, I, and, and uh, I was, I was feeling pretty good because Danny was actually looking pretty, pretty strong. And, uh, obviously the, the, the cart Republic was good with Thomas Nepfu. They had a good uh, deal there. That was one thing we didn't bring up. And I had looked at this in, in, in senior, uh, Cool thing about the top six drivers, David, six different teams of the top six that were in that fight. We didn't have, we didn't have, you know, normally sometimes we've seen like, you know, four guys from Rawlson performance Seven. group up front or whatever, right? It was Rawlson for Norberg, Orsalon right. for Conteca, PSL yeah. for Hiltbrand, Nitro Kart for Zilich, Trinity for uh, Nepfu, and GFC for Jake Drew. And then Jake Craig by himself in seventh. Yeah. And, and then Ryan Perry as our PM, right? in eighth. Yeah. Who is, who is Jake I, Craig running with? Uh, by himself, essentially out of the uh, the the Richie Ho trailer. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, awesome. So, but I, I just thought that was kind of cool. And just actually, so the top ten, here, you know? top eleven, top twelve. I mean, really, the top twelve, all different teams. Uh, who was who was Dalton Haynes running for? I thought he was running with. Uh, he was under the leading run? edge motorsports tent, is what okay. I could call. Okay. And then Colin Warren anyway. racing with Chad Donner racing, and then uh, Alex Stanfield with Crosslink in eleventh, and then Lorenzo Travis Anato with Parolin. Why do you keep saying Travis Anato? It's Nuto. Travis Anuto. Sorry. There you go. I see an A, and I want to say A. <laughs> yeah, Travis Anuto. Nuto. Uh, anyways, yeah. So, so, so Lorenzo didn't step up to give us at least give me what I needed, but I'll, I'll take my seven there, David. Because what did you get next, thirty okay. senior? I I had Lorenzo winning it, so that that yeah, kind of yeah, threw me yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did not help me there. I had Hannah Greenmeyer in second spot. Uh, again, had to use a provisional kind of like your Nate Cicero selection. Uh, yep. I did get Connor Zillage in there. So I did get one point for that. For that. Uh, Danny Curl not making the top five, as we just talked about with your prediction. And then I had Ryan Norberg in fifth spot. I thought, you know, it looked like he was going to be fifth, but he kept moving up. Damn it. <laughs> it felt like Ryan was Ryan was due. He was due. He was due, and he and he you called due. you called that good. You called it you know, very similar to me calling the the Joey Wimsett one. So those were yeah. the two wins uh, that we differed because we both had Keelan Harvick winning. Yeah. So you had your uh, um, Ryan Norberg, and I had my Joey Wimsett. So let's wrap it up with Pro Shifter. Uh, there it is. And I was I was thinking Danny Formal was going to get it. Obviously, AJ Myers I had in in the hunt. I think you did as mm-hmm. well. Just didn't just get didn't get the luck. Um, it actually didn't play, it didn't play out as horribly as I thought it was, you know, as, as it probably could have, because, because again, I had, where, where did Brent, Brent Cruz had, was it was sixth really on the racetrack. I got the right. penalty. I got Kremers in the top five French. I thought was going to be there. And he was, he was literally was top five throughout the entire weekend. Uh, battle, battle that with, with long, he just didn't quite have it in the end. And AJ Myers fought his way to the top uh, five and formal was there. So I got, I got three guys in the top five. Right. That's what I got. I got three. I got three of the top five, but nobody in the right spot. Yeah. Not not a bad showing for you, really. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty. I mean, all all five were in contention and you only got yep. three. So 
Not agree. bad. Unfortunately, okay. you didn't pick anybody in the right position like I <laughs> what did. What did you do, David? Oh, Jesus. I got Danny Formal in the third spot. Yeah, he hates me for picking him there, but I got him in third spot. But you finished there. And this is the thing. When people go, you got me in third? Yeah. And then you finish there? And you, you finish there. You have to shut up for the rest of your career. Yeah, you, I can't. You finish yeah. ex- if you finish exactly where we say, we were correct. You were wrong. So... We'll say yeah, that so that, that that certainly helped me, you know, make the damage not as bad as it was because yep. I only had uh, Formal and Myers in the top five because I had Jake French finishing in second. I had obviously Myers winning. Uh, Formal finishing in third for me. Brent Cruz in fourth, again, close. But my my fifth, fifth place driver, Kyle Wick, just not top 10 material, but just not quite there uh, yep. to be able to contend in top five on the track magic. So the bottom line is this. It's a Rob Howden win, 36 points to 33 points. Probably the first time I've ever won a prediction uh, game since we've started doing predictions. If if I recall, I think it is, Rob. You know, yeah. So congratulations yeah. to you. You know, Thank Hail you. to the victors. Hail to the victors. That. Go Blue. <laughs> Go Blue. I hope Bailiff <laughs> is watching. Um, <laughs> but, you know, really looking at the numbers, you had 60% of your top five predictions in the top five. So that's a good, you know, 23 points there. I only had 55%. So of uh, 18 points. So that was essentially the uh, determining factor because. David, it's 60% uh, away from you and I battling back and forth. It feels good that we're 60%. because The minute we walk into the paddock, <laughs> we're literally lambasted by people. How did you pick me? You didn't pick me. I can literally say, listen, I, I was 60% correct last year. The people that I thought were going to be in the top five. So that that's hey, a good, it's not like, you know, it's not like it's a 20%, it's a, man. We it's a passing it. grade. You can get a degree with that. <laughs> I, almost, I almost, I almost graduated university with that, with that. I just, I need a couple <laughs> more courses and I'll be done. Well, I just stuck with high school. We won't go into college. That's, yeah, I appreciate that's another that. story. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't think I was 60% from high school. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but so no, no, congrats to you. Again, it was a Thank fun you. competition. We had, it was. had immense fun uh, Sunday as we were discussing our predictions <laughs> after each race. So it was it was a lot <laughs> it was of good. fun. Like we, it, we, off we air. If, that's right. If, if Mike Smith does end up joining us again next year, that might be a, we might have to make it a three driver battle for the uh, the predictions next year. Well, Mike did it. Mike did a great job. We'll give him props. He was uh, he he assimilated very quickly into what we do, and our voices I think match really well our and our temperaments. And I just thought he did a great job. It was it was awesome. And, and for a guy that I I'd had my I had for a sore throat for some reason before I even got in there, my voice was garbage on Monday and Tuesday. Um, I was able to kind of save a little bit. Um, you you went. <laughs> You wait till the TV show because my intro with Kevin Harris, eh, it's a little scratchy. The Sunday after the last podium, when we did the out, it is rough. It is gravel. Right. Uh, so I appreciate well, that Mike was able to step up and help out a little, a little bit. If you listen to the ECAN radio network and the live broadcast, audio broadcast that we did, your ins and outs that you did either Thursday morning <laughs> or Wednesday morning were just about as bad. So they were, they were horrible. Yeah. You know, I think I think you need to start prepping with those medicine balls a week ahead of time. Agreed, one hundred percent agree. I was just tired, man. I've been on the road for th- I've been on the road for three well, weeks that, at that point. That didn't help. I <laughs> no, think you need to figure that out next year. I agree. Well, let's see when it happens. Uh, let's wrap things up, David. Well, here for this edition of the debrief. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on the, on the on the new location, Las Vegas Motor Speedway? And your thoughts on Resorts World overall? I think the location for the racetrack is a is a great backup plan. I, I you know again I missed we missed that feeling of just walking out into the, 
from the hotel to the racetrack. I think we missed that. I hope we can get something similar to that, you know, like what we had at Westgate, uh, where it was just across the the street or, you know, something close to the Rio where it's just right out in the parking lot, that, that 20 minute drive from the hotel to the racetrack, it, it, it kind of took away because that's what we do at every racetrack to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. took away from that atmosphere. If it doesn't happen, I mean, Vegas is filling up. All the parking lots are, are getting taken. So it's, it's kind of slim pickings in terms of, of Las Vegas for that. But I know Scoos is going to work hard at, at looking at other options and other locations, but I think to have that as kind of a backup plan or the place that we're going to be at for maybe two or three years, I think it's going to work out. Uh, in terms of racetrack mode and, and in terms of, of space and opportunities to be able to cho- change different racetrack designs and the way that we lay the pat- the paddock out, the way we're um, situated on the race course, the way other things are sit- the new hospitality center and the grandstands, a lot of different uh, options uh, with that location. And again, the host hotel was amazing, as we talked about last night. I mean, that, again, probably one of the best hotels, casinos yeah. we've ever stayed at. Yeah, it was nice. I'll, I'll give my thoughts on the track. I really like Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I, I, you know, I'll echo what you said about the fact that there's just real estate in Las Vegas is going away. You know, there's just they keep building more hotels and they keep tightening up. Even even where we are, where we were at the Las Vegas uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, across from Resorts World, there's still some pavement there, but I don't know that there's enough. Scoots of course knows what you need. There's a fence line inside because Las Vegas Convention Center built a brand new deal right on where the old racetrack was. So. Uh, all the opportunities of that downtown strip feel. Uh, we know Rock Vegas obviously had their spot, but they were in the back. They were supposed to have a larger larger uh, part of a parking back. lot that we talked parking about. Lot, yeah. That got changed at the last minute. They were in a small bit, bit of bit of parking lot. The paddock was all you know scattered around other parking lots. It's uh, we're going to get to the point where we're going to struggle for that that elusive parking lot, that cool parking lot in Las Vegas. And I thought that the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, cool backdrop number one with the track there. Nellis Air Force Base, we got treated to essentially an air show every day with F-16s and 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 helicopters and, and, and bombers, bombers and refuelers, bombers. helicopters. Yeah. It was flipping awesome. It was it was yeah. wild. Um, and then the, the hotel was fantastic, man. You know, it was I would bet just for this year, it was free parking. Uh, they had the parking kiosk set up. It's going to be more money next year. You might have to park out another parking lot to have it be free. Uh, but, you know, there was a gorgeous hotel. The rooms were fantastic. Food was a little expensive. But like I say, all you got to do is hop into an Uber and, and you're, or, or walk up the road to a, to a Benihana or whatever. Not the pizza place. I mean, two slices for $15, not bad. That was, and that pizza was good. It was good. And then the ice cream place, pieces. it was yeah. good. Yeah, It was good. The food was great. And I went to the, you know, we tried a couple different things. I thought it was awesome. Uh, you know, guys, the last qu- that begs the question: Where are we going to be next year? Uh, I don't know. I don't think Scusa knows right now. I think that they're you know probably licking their wounds after everything that's happened. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Scusa lost a ton of money on this program uh, just because of everything that had to happen. It's and that's a shame because this is a, a race they don't they don't make as much money on as people think. I've seen the books. Um, there's just so much involved in terms of hotel rooms. Uh, I, you know, they had they had what 150 something staff for Scusa at that race. And you got to remember food every day for them, hotel rooms. It costs a lot of money to put that race on. I don't know where it's going to be. It's, I think it's going to be a crapshoot for everybody. We'll, we'll find out. Of course, Scusa gets going again in a couple of weeks, David, for the winter series. They're right back at it. But uh, where is super is super 25, that silver anniversary? Uh, that'll be something I think everybody wants to know. I think those are the two factors, you know, coming back for the 25th anniversary next year. I think that's going to bring up, 
even some drivers who might have not been there the last decade, even, yep. you know, maybe just let's throw something together, run X30 master or, or master shift or, or, you know, like a Joey Wimsett who's a driver at 30 years old. He's like, let's try pro shifter one more time just yep. to go yep. do it. You know, you're going to have your Bonner Moulton there again. He, you we know he's going to be there. He, he one can't more say time. no. He's got one to do more it time. one more time. Yeah. And then, and then we're going to have hopefully, you know, the border situation better than where we are at right now. Yeah, they kind of opened up a little bit, but it, we didn't have that influx of international drivers that we're used to seeing that, you know, in 2018, 2019 and, and years before that as well, too. So I think that's going to elevate the numbers even higher. So we're, I think we're going to have bigger fields. We're going to have more competitive fields. And I think it's going to be one event that you certainly want to put on the calendar for 2022. I agree. I agree. All right, let's wrap things up here with this particular edition of the debrief. Let's jump into the EK and Trackside Live race calendar 2021. You're done. 2022, David, let's start talking about it. The EK and Trackside Live race calendar brought to you by Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is venture Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of countless drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Leading Edge Motorsports is the West Coast importer and factory team for IP karting, which manufactures the ultra-competitive Praga and Formula K chassis brands. In 2022, Leading Edge will be trackside at the Scusa Pro Tour, Florida Winter Tour, Super Car- or other, uh, United States Pro Kart Series, Stars Championship, California Pro Kart Challenge, and high-profile Rock Cup events. Contact us today to book your spot under the tent. Visit leadingedgemotorsports.com for more info or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. So, David, there it is. Uh, again, we're done with 2021. This debrief essentially shuts it down, right? 2021 is done. Another great year. We started things off, of course, back in January at the Winter Tour, rolling through all the events that we were at. We're looking forward, of course, to 2022. We'll start it all off with the Supercarts USA Winter Series, January the 7th, 8th, and 9th, heading down to AMR Miami Homestead, Motorplex presented by Homestead Miami, AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires. Is it Motorplex or Cartplex? Motorplex. It's Motorplex presented by MG Tires, which now has grass. It does have grass. I finally got in contact with AMR and they're going to be sending official photos here in the next day or two. They're waiting on uh, wrapping up a couple more things. So again, they're going to wrap things up with the sunshine carting, sunshine, State. State Karting Karting Challenge. Championship. 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 I don't know. (laughs) It's 940, Rob. I I don't care. Um, Yeah, so, um, yeah, they're going to be there. I think they did have a club race there as well this past weekend. So they've already started racing on there. Uh, But, again, they're waiting for a few more lines to get painted and some, you know, make it really first class and then they'll send up the drones to get some some images of the racetrack awesome. and the way it looks so look forward to uh, it. yeah Two excited races, to, but, yeah, yeah really excited to get down there yeah no doubt about that we'll be there for that first weekend uh of course all our ecan trackside live coverage um then we'll cap off the weekend two races actually in january we're heading back out to the challenge of the americas the opening round at muscleman honda circuit in tucson arizona the challenge 
It's 15th year. We talk about the 25th anniversary of the, of the Super Nationals, but the 15th year for Andy Saisman and his team there at the Challenge. They'll uh, they'll celebrate. And, and David, they've uh, the momentum of this series over the last four years since picking up the Rock Cup program. Uh, they're looking at record numbers here. Any you know somewhere around that 150 mark. It's it's growing like crazy. It has been consistently. And man, I'm excited to get back out there to, to Tucson and, and everybody at the Challenge. Yeah, that category is going to tell us if the Canadians are ready to come back to the USA or not, because, you know, that that's one program that suffered with the border closure, uh, yet they improved. They had they had growth in the program. And so now they're going to get back all those regular Canadian uh, race teams and racers and some new Canadians coming down because, again, Rock Cup program is, is pretty strong up there north of the border where you are. And, uh, you know, so looking forward to get back with Andy Saisman and the crew. And uh, and kicking off 2022 with uh, two solid events in January. That's it. That's it. We'll be uh, in Homestead. We'll be in Tucson. Two great racetracks and, and two great programs as well. We hope you tune in again. But thank you so much for everything uh, you guys have done throughout the season. Uh, always great to get, get the DMs from you guys over trackside. Let you know that you're listening in. We we love that. Uh, but again, 2021 was a fantastic season. We do thank all of our broadcast partners throughout the entire year. Big thank you to the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy who presented this particular show. But David, all the all the promoters that had us out there, everybody that we've been able to work closely with. It was a great year of coverage here on ecardingnews.com we'll do it all again you ready yeah great job to all the uh, scorekeepers terrible job to all the race directors <laughs> um, there you go. and then thank you to all the people who feed us as well especially yeah, especially trini carding group uh yeah. you know, all, all the other pro teams that that offer us food and, and beverages Literally, let's, let's give a trinity carding group shout out because we're at the super nationals we go essentially. We get rolling at what ten o'clock, uh, whatever it is, ten something. For opening, the, the opening ceremonies ceremony. is like ten thirty, and then we don't stop until you know we, we're literally race, 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 race. So there's no time to eat. Trinity, uh, Sean Bale from the and the crew have always invited us over to have dinner. They literally brought two lunches up for us that we kind of tried to wolf down uh, when we weren't on the air. So man, thank you so much for that because otherwise you, you know you and I would have been fading at the end of the day, and and that was awesome. And again, thank you to the Zervis family the buckets as well yes the ice bucket oh yeah i I was gonna put it next to me so i could show it hold on should have did that you know get it hello boy david's gonna go get the ice bucket but again big thank you to everybody who's uh, who's tuned in it's you know what we do we do this for the passion for the sport especially when we do our live debriefs after the day i know we don't get a ton of people watching those at least live usually 30 40 50 60 people sometimes a little higher at times but uh, we know that you guys enjoy it we have some fun at the at the uh, at the hotel bar and, and we uh, we're glad that people people enjoy those debriefs they're a lot of fun yeah they're a good time and again it was just it, we didn't really find a good spot for no, for this year at the new resorts yeah. world uh, it was loud everywhere and, and it, people were all over the place. So it was very hard to narrow <laughs> down uh, one position like we had at the Rio. But, you know, again, we'll figure that out. Uh, we got, you know, over 300 days to figure that out for the Super Nationals 25. I will say book it on the 2021 season. Thank you so much, folks. Again, on behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.